Hi-ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carrie for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is... Fackins. When this oath escapes my lips in front of my favourite, I blush and excuse myself. Ladies are not to utter such stuff. Yet, what a satisfaction it is. Fackins, 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 Fackins! Oh, Fackins! How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with the very flustered Philadelphia Carry for Tudor Time Machine Word of the Week. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. The word in question, fackens, is an oath which is closely related to our own four-letter word. It is used in a lot of Tudor plays, especially the city comedies, which were usually set in London and were written to represent contemporary life. How do you spell it, Philadelphia? It is spelled F. A-C-K-I-N-S. Fackins! The word is often used by the young male braggart type in the company of other young male braggart types. When I am among my friends, I use an oath such as pitikins or in good sooth. That reminds me of the great exchange in Shakespeare's Henry IV Part I between Hotspur and his wife Kate. Will you do the honors, Philadelphia? Hotspur says... Come, Kate, I'll have your song too. Not mine in good sooth. Not yours in good sooth, heart. You swear like a comfit maker's wife. Not you in good sooth. And as true as I live, and as God shall mend me, and as sure as day, and givest such sarsnet surety for thy oaths, as if thou never walkst further than Finsbury. Swear me, Kate. Like a lady as thou art, a good mouth-filling oath, and leave in sooth and such protest of pepper gingerbread to velvet guards and Sunday citizens. Come, sing. Oh, I guess Hotspur finds it sexy to hear his wife swear like a man. Although his by God's blood doesn't shock us now, at the time it would have been an absolute outrage. Many salty oaths used God's name, and the more puritanical types objected to God's name being taken in vain. In fact, James I criminalized that type of swearing during his reign. You could get a fine or end up in the stocks. But that did not stop actors swearing on stage. Plays are full of oaths. I guess an exception was made in that context? I guess so. I mean, it's an interesting question. And our example of the word Fackins comes from an extremely popular play, Every Man in His Humor by Ben Jonson, which was probably first performed in about 1598, so during the latter part of Elizabeth's reign. It was Ben Jonson's first big hit, and it was a city comedy. It was performed by the Lord Chamberlain's men at the Curtain Theater in Shoreditch, and we have a record of that. Pretty amazing. It <laughs> is, and we even have the original cast list, and it was some pretty heavy hitters. William Shakespeare, Richard Burbage, Augustine Phillips, John Hemmings, Henry Condell, Thomas Pope, William Sly, Christopher Beeston, William Kemp, and John Duke. So Shakespeare probably played the role of the father and the elder gentleman of the plot. No well. Shakespeare was an expert in older male roles. He was Adam and As You Like It. He was Hamlet's father, the ghost in Hamlet. Those were his sorts of roles. And the order of the cast list in this period wasn't based on who was the star of the show or 
the order of appearance, but by the order of the main shareholders of the company down to those who owned the fewest shares. At this point, Shakespeare had a greater share than Burbage. The plot of Every Man in His Humor is based on the idea of each of the characters being overwhelmed by his dominant humor, or what we would call now obsession. And it really is every man, because there are only three women in the play, and they are very underwritten. We in the 16th century believe that each person is made up of four humors, blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. And if one of those humors is too predominant, it makes a person act rashly. This theory comes down to us from the Greek physician Hippocrates. Who lived in about 400 BCE? This idea of the humors persisted almost until the 18th century Enlightenment. So thousands of years. And each of the characters in this play is a victim of his humor. Over lusty, over jealous, over angry. The use of our word comes in this exchange between the overprivileged university lad Edward and his braggart hothead cousin Stephen. Philadelphia, take it away. Edward says, No, no, you shall not protest, cuz. By my facons, but I will by your leave. I'll protest more to my friend than I'll speak of at this time. You speak very well, cuz. These days, if you Google the word facons, You will not find an etymology, but you will find a glut of porn sites. (laughs) Oh, dear. I think the way the word is used in this play is closer to the way feckin is still used in Ireland and Scotland as a sort of softer, more acceptable version of our four-letter expletive. Maybe we can bring feckins back into style. I sure as feckins hope we do. (laughs) Give heed, Tudophiles. Bring some 16th century sauce to your vocabulary with beckons. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. (laughs) 